Just gonna run this dog to see if we can find any type of uh, human remains that are left. Listen to Where Secrets Go to Die, The Disappearance of Derek Hennigan. From the Detroit Free Press, a new podcast set in the woods of Michigan's Upper Peninsula. Available on Apple, Spotify, Freep.com, or wherever you get your podcasts. Hi, everyone, and welcome back to Cape Sports Now, the Cape Cod Times Facebook Live show, podcast, and probably a couple other things covering all things sports here on Cape Cod. I'm Matt Goisman alongside Steve Jardarian. Steve, it is Barnstable Falmouth week. It is the week of the rivalry. We have Barnstable and Falmouth squaring off in boys and girls basketball and boys and girls hockey. Uh, we've got on Friday night, the boys basketball team is at Falmouth. The girls basketball team is hosting Falmouth in hockey. It's uh, Everything is Saturday. The girls are at uh, HYCC in Hyannis, and the boys are obviously are then at Falmouth Ice Arena or also at HYCC. No, they're also at HYCC. All right, yeah. so we got HYCC for a hockey doubleheader. This is going to be a fun week. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, and really, and across the board this year, mm-hmm. a lot of these teams are pretty comparable in talent and record. I mean, there's not even if that wasn't the case, these would still be great games. But certainly it's one of the best rivalries, if not the best rivalry on the Cape goes back a long time, you know, and what the cool part is, I mean, next year these teams are going to be uh, league, league, rivals. league rivals on top of it, so kind of that last look at a non-league uh, look between the two teams, and then next year it's going to mean even just a little bit more. It's going to mean a little bit more. It won't change much during the winter because right. these teams do play each other twice a year in both sports, certainly in hockey, so the number of games they t- face off against each other won't matter, but yeah, in terms of this rivalry, I think the football game, the Thanksgiving Day game, is always going to reign supreme. That's over like 100 years old. But after that, it's hockey. I mean, the rivalry is the strongest in hockey behind football, I think. Right, and it's also the loudest atmosphere, especially mm-hmm. you know the newly rebuilt Kennedy Arena at HYCC packs a lot of people. It's really standing room only. you got to get there pretty early. The student sections clearly fill up both sides. So mm-hmm. it's a great atmosphere, and... and you even have the seats kind of at the end, too, on, on one end of the ice, so it even makes it even louder. That noise just kind of carries in. And, uh, yeah, I, I'm really excited. The last two years in the boys' hockey game, it's been tied and mm-hmm. really come down to the last second, you know, in both of those games. So we'll, we'll see what happens. Um, full schedule this week, though. Again, you got uh, Barnesville Boys Hoops at Falmouth, 6.30 p.m. Friday. The girls are going to host Falmouth, 5.30 p.m. Friday. And hockey night, 3 p.m., Barnesville girls are going to host Falmouth. That's a rematch, actually. The team played in Falmouth earlier this year. Mm-hmm. And then the big game, 7.30 p.m. Saturday, that's the Barnesville boys hosting Falmouth at the Highlands Youth Community Center. Get there early, too, because parking's not easy at this place. <laughs> uh, yeah, yeah. If you're going to go, either find a spot or walk. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, we want to start talking about the girls' hockey matchup because these are the two teams who have seen each other so far this year. Clippers won the first matchup 3-2 uh, a couple weeks back. They got two goals from freshman Sam McKenzie, who's having a tremendous season. She leads the Clippers in goals this year. Mm-hmm. But I really expect a different Barnstable team this time around. I think the seniors, such as Allie Carpenter, uh, Shana McInerney, don't want to get swept by Falmouth, certainly, in their no, senior year. Not. And they really, I really think this is a time of year where they're about to turn it up and really not only get some revenge, but start rolling off a few wins, getting back to the rhythm that they got last year. I mean, let's not forget, there were a lot of players from this team only lost twice last year overall, mm-hmm. once in the regular season, once in the playoffs. So I think they realize that the potential is there. They just need to go out and win the games that they should win. Um, you know, McInerney, she centers the top line with Rachel Alto and Gabby Labarge. Mm-hmm. 
And I really think that top line used to go out there, first face off, and just set the tone right away and realize that, hey, this is different this time. And I think if they can do that, they can get the win. Just a big question is going to come down to Barstool's defense. You know, Katie, yeah. Katie McNulty, Kate Brewster, Carolyn Oakley, Laura Cogswell, they're all pretty young players. And I think they need to play well and keep, you know, dangerous shots away from Lisa Alto. Yeah, I was going to ask, what do you think Alto needs to do, be prepared for when she faces this uh, Falmouth team? I mean, I, I think it's just a matter of just focusing in, not, not getting too big in the moment, just mm-hmm. doing what you've been doing all year long. I mean, things happen. You know, I wouldn't expect necessarily a shutout in this game, rivalry games, that's very rare. But at the same time, just make the saves you're supposed to make and let the, let the offense do what it's capable of doing. It seems kind of like, you know, Barnstable was one of the best teams on the Cape last year, and then they graduated a number of key seniors at, at spots. And so they've been their younger team this year, which means they still have room to grow. Falmouth, how much continuity do you see between last year's team that was pretty good and this year's team uh, that's having also a very good, uh, you know, first five weeks of its season? Well, I did get to talk a little bit with Sam McKenzie on Saturday mm-hmm. after the, the Falmouth beat the Nasser Furies 4-2. Close game. But she said her confidence from eight being an eighth grader and playing last year to, to being a freshman is just kind of night and day. She, you know, she's in the school. She's more so around her teammates now. Um, she's got two eighth graders actually on her line. So she's kind of taken that mentor role, which is, you know, an interesting dynamic. But I think Fallon's seniors are actually what really makes a difference. Mm-hmm. You got the, you know, Jackie Tolino, Hannah Toby, especially on defense, who is a real, you know, larger presence and, and can – um, just play a little bit more physically against some smaller and younger players. So I think that comes from their field hockey experience. Yeah, so, I mean, it's it's a younger team, certainly, but it's a team, I think, that's got a lot of talent and a lot of potential in years to come, assuming they could keep some of that talent together. You know, you get Abby and Ryan McDonald, for example, two eighth graders who are both contributing well on the score mm-hmm. sheet, and Abby, Abby's more of a defenseman, but she did have her goal uh, Saturday against the Furies, her first varsity goal, so... They're getting contributions from all over, and it's really the depth, I think, that makes a difference from these younger players. Um, but if I had, sorry, if I just had to make a prediction, though, on this game, you know, I really think, you know, Barnesville needs to show they're for real in this one. Mm-hmm. And, and like I was saying, I, I think they can win it by a goal here, 4-3. I, I'm, I can project this game going. I think Barnesville's offense will have to keep pace. But if they don't, I think it's an advantage foul. So we'll see what happens. How much do you try to uh, avoid drawing conclusions? You know, you mentioned the Furies game, they beat them 4-2. Furies are not having that great a year. They still don't have a win. Do you have to kind of resist the urge to like make too many assumptions based on that game, a game that maybe Falmouth should have been able to win by a higher score? Or Yeah, I mean, I don't think you need to necessarily blow a team out to establish you're the better squad. I mean, mm-hmm. even even Coach Brian Ferreira said, you know, after the first period, they scored two goals in like the first five minutes. And he said, we pretty much knew the game was in hand at that point. It's just a matter of how much could we hold them off. Mm-hmm. I mean, Falmouth controlled the puck behind the net. They were really deliberate with their passes. Maybe sometimes a little too held it a little too long. And, you know, teams are going to adjust to that. So, I mean, I don't think there was any doubt that Falmouth was a better team on the ice. Certainly, we'll see if they can how they match up against Barnstable this weekend. Mm-hmm. And then in a couple of weeks, I think they have a rematch with DY. So, I think that'll be more of a telltale that... How do you play a team that you've already beaten who's also really good? Can you beat them again and stick with a similar strategy? So we'll see what happens there. Um, I guess the other girls' uh, matchup that we're definitely looking at this week is DY. They're going to be at undefeated Pembroke uh, at 8 p.m. Wednesday. And, you know, we'll be interested to see how uh, DUI can respond to that. Absolutely. And we'll talk to them. Uh, we'll talk about them as soon as we're done because right now we have Barnstable – Boys hockey coach uh, Tim Grace calling in. Coach Grace, can you hear us? 
I can't. How are you guys? Doing great. Thanks for joining us. Um, I know you're a landscaper. I can't imagine a lot of landscaping work out there today. <laughs> no, not too much. A little too, uh, too cold for us. We actually finished up our fall cleanup a week or so ago, and uh, now I get to really focus on it. No, that's great. Um, I know you got situated on Wednesday, but clearly, you know, it's found with week coming up Saturday. You know, what's that like for the players and coaching staff knowing that that game is looming? Oh, exactly. It's, uh, it's always a big week, and, you know, you can kind of just feel, feel it in the atmosphere of the rink, and, you know, even just speaking with you guys, and it seems like the, uh, the media comes out of the woodworks, which is, <laughs> which is always a lot of fun um, for us and the players. But, you know, our, our main focus right now, like you said, is situate. Uh, or, you know, big two points um, up for them on Wednesday, and then, you know, hopefully Thursday morning we'll we'll have two points and be able to really put our focus into into um, Falmouth on Saturday. We finally going to see somebody uh, a win in Hyannis after two straight ties the last couple of years. <laughs> Absolutely, I mean it's it's always a burn burner with them. Um, you know, a couple of years ago with the seven seven tie, a couple of last minute goals. It's, it's always always a blast. Coach, I know they say that you know records don't matter exactly, but you guys are six and three. Team has won five of six. Is this the most confident you've kind of been coaching this team since you took it over, or is the team feeling like more confident than it usually does at this point? Uh, absolutely. You know, I think it's been a successful year up to this point. Um, you know, our, our only losses to the two top twenty teams in the And again, I know you focus on Tidua, but the Falmouth guys, clearly, I'm sure you've seen what they've been able to do this year. A guy, you know, senior Jake Rosado, junior Nick Champagne are two guys you have to manage. But what have you seen from a shifty guy like sophomore Stone Devlin? It's nine goals, it's seven assists this year. It's really kind of stepped up and been one of their key players. Absolutely, absolutely. Yeah. Stoney's been having a great year, um, getting on the score sheet quite a bit and leading the way for, for Falmouth. Um, you know, but they... Falmouth, year in, year out, uh, obviously playing us tough. And, um, you know, Coach Moore has a great system that they work work as hard as possible and, and make it tough on us. And, uh, you know, Stoney's exactly that. He uh, he works as hard as he can each shift. And, you know, even last year, the freshman, um, you know, played a big role uh, for that, for their, you know, they had a great season last year with Thomas, and he played a great role on that, that team with them. Um, you know, and with Nick Champagne and a couple other cast accounts. You can always tell when the, when these games are going on how emotional and how meaningful it is for the players, but I know it also has meaning for you because you're a Barnstable graduate yourself. You were a senior captain. You played on the varsity. Is there one favorite memory you have of playing in this, you know, the Barnstable Falmouth ice hockey rivalry during your time as a Red Raider? I mean, I, I think to narrow it down, it's uh, playing. Actually, we weren't very successful against Falmouth in my playing days. 
Um, and but those games were just you just got up for them. There was uh, like I said, you know, there was a crowd at every game. And the atmosphere was electric, and, and you know, when you look back on your high school career, you don't really remember the win or the loss, but just the atmosphere and, and you know how hard you and the teammates worked. Uh, you know, just to just to beat that one team from you know a couple miles down the road, um, it was always amazing, and those are the ones that always stick out in your memory when you look at your high school years. Is it fair to say it's the closest that it, it feels like to playing in like a professional hockey game? Oh, for sure. I mean, I, I was fortunate enough to play some college hockey. Um, you know, Division Three, and you'll never see a crowd, you know, like you do at a bunch of family game. Um, you know that, and we try to tell the boys that in the locker room that. You know, once they get out there, it's like, holy smokes, look at all these people in the stands. You know, you never get to see the rink that full and, and loud and, and enthusiastic. And, you know, the student sections get into it. It's, you know, it's just an unbelievable atmosphere. And, you know, we're not preaching for the boys to get up on those nights. It's almost to control their emotions and, and to, you know, use the, uh, use the atmosphere, but, but to control their emotions to make sure they're not going uh, a little too crazy. <laughs> Do you get caught up in it a bit too? Um, I mean, just even walking to the benches after, you know, firing everyone up in the locker room. Um, and it's obviously a lot lighter than the old Kennedy Arena. You know, it used to be kind of a dungeon in there for those yeah, games. Yeah. But, uh, oh, you know, what's it like walking to the benches and, you know, knowing you got a big game ahead of you? What's going through your mind at that time? Uh, it's certainly a lot of fun getting, you know, we come out from and Hyannis from below the stands so to get the first peek at, you know, how, how full the rink is and, and whatnot is always a little jolt of excitement. And then you know, I feel like once you get once we get over the bench, it's it's game time, and you, and you really focus, we start focusing on the matchups, and um, you know, and what Sam's doing, uh, and, and obviously what we're doing is just trying to keep our heads in the game um, as coaches, and you know, obviously doing the job trying to keep our players heads in the game and, and keep them focused on the game and not not the crowd, you know, the chances. What was it like? Uh, but, oh, but sorry. I was going to say, what was it like the first year you went out there? What do you remember from that year, um, your first Barnesville Fountain experience? What were you feeling as a coach? I just remember wanting, wanting to win so badly. Um, you know, you, like I said, the, the rink's full. You don't want to go out there and, you know, embarrass yourself even. Um, you know, you hope for a close game and to get the win at the end. And, um, you know, if you can do that, obviously it's a successful night. Um, but with, uh, with so many people there, it's, it's hard not to, uh, you know, push your foot on the gas a little too early and, um, you know, you can burn your team out that way. And uh, it's more, you know, over the years we've learned how to, uh, to manage the manage the players a little bit more and, and probably manage ourselves a little bit behind the bench, trying to keep it calm and, you know, keep a good presence for, for our team. One of the things uh... – one of the things I think you've had to manage this year is uh, you're used to your two goalies, obviously, Connor Higgins and Eddie Donovan. They've both gotten playing time in goal. Do you have any sense right now where who might start which game that you've got this week? It's really been a game-to-game for us. Um, excuse me, over the last two weeks, I think Eddie took, um, took two, two games up in Bridgewater, which is, uh, you know, obviously kind of circled for him on mm-hmm. the calendar, being from Bridgewater. Um, and um, you know, Higgy or Connor, as we call him, Higgy. Um, he's he's played great as well. So we had him both games this week um, and played really well against Archie's. And you know, we just came out on the bottom one of that one because uh, the two probably blew. So both guys have been playing playing excellent in net. And I think there was a period there where we only let up three goals in four games. Um, 
you know, so I, it's tough to find a number one. They uh, they work hard at practice, and you know they're making each other compete and get better. So it's a, it's a problem that I really haven't had in the last you know in my tenure here, but um, it's a good problem now for sure. I think one of Connor's biggest games last year, uh, you know, when he was just a freshman, was that shutout against Franklin uh, in the first round of the playoffs. Did that game tell you something about him that you've then seen it kind of play itself out this season as he's, you know, come, you know, and now as sophomore and a little bit older and a little, you know, bigger and uh, more experienced? Yeah. Absolutely. You know, I think that game, um, you know, gave him confidence for sure. Um, to to stand up to a, a Franklin team that we just we tied earlier a week or two earlier in our tournament and then um, they ended up beating us in overtime so we we really wanted to get back at them but we knew how good of a team they were and for uh, for Connor to shut them out and really stand on his head um, I don't really know how many saves he had but it was it was a, it was a good number uh, and to win a one nothing game intensity and and again, you know, atmosphere at Gallo and the fans and everything was just amazing. And, um, you know, I think it's given him confidence over the summer and then he's both been concentrating to, to the high school season. So, and like I said, I think Eddie's just uh, been a great compliment for, for Connor. Um, you know, last year, Connor really knew he had to play every single game of the season. He couldn't, you know, take a night off. That adds up to a, adds up for a goaltender, I, I feel. Um, it's nice to get a night off here and there and not have to do every, you know, every single shot throughout the course of the season. So we're hoping to uh, you know, keep playing them both and, and be resting them in the season. Cool. Shall we get there? Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> I think that'll just about wrap it up. Uh, Coach, any other superstitions heading into this week? Uh, not really. Um, you know, the boys always do the team dinner Friday night um, before the big game. Uh, we let them do their own thing there and uh, you know, just uh, game time comes Saturday. Um, I know that at the rink, uh, Saturday, Saturday, BYU, the first week of hockey is basically some of the hockey teams, um, for, you know, over the course of the morning and afternoon, you know, until the girls game at 3.30, and then uh, the JV boys play at 5.30, and then the varsity's at 7.30, so it should be, uh, should be a fun day. Absolutely. Can I get a pick for the AC championship real quickly? <laughs> <laughs> What's that? Can I get a pick for the AFC Championship? You got a prediction already? <laughs> Little Monday morning quarterback. Uh, I, gotta, I gotta go with that. I gotta go with the Panthers, of course. Get a score? Oh goodness, let's go twenty-eight, twenty-one. Great, I'll do it. All right, uh, Tim Grace, Barnesville Boys Hockey Coach. Thank you for joining us. Thanks for having us, guys. All right. So yeah, that was Barnesville Boys Hockey Coach Tim Grace. Um, certainly, you know, I mentioned that. You know, the goaltending is going to be a big thing for them. Mm-hmm. And I think especially when you come into a game like this, you just need someone who's just not going to overthink the situation. Absolutely. Who's comfortable playing in front of that atmosphere. You know, Connor Higgins was in the game last year, played pretty well. But Falmouth's also got a pretty good goaltender in Kevin Duar, yeah. who especially kept um, Falmouth in the game last year, made a split save at the last second to mm-hmm. to hold off Barnesville in the third period. So um, this Falmouth team's rolling right now. I mean, 7-1-1. One, and one. They've won four straight since losing to Westford Academy in their home holiday classic. Yep. Um, you know, I mentioned Jake Rosado with uh, Tim Grace earlier, but him and Jack Cordero, kind of yep. that first-line center, are very equal players. And I'm going to be very curious to see how they kind of follow each other around the ice and how teams kind of you know put them out on the ice certain times. They mm-hmm. might try to sneak them out on a, like a fourth line or something like that. 
Um, but, you know, they almost might even cancel each other out at a certain point. You never really know with that. Um, but certainly Nick Champagne is also starting to turn on the Jets a little bit. You know, nine goals, eight assists. Um, I remember, you know, you remember he missed the first week of practice. You know, we thought he was going to play elsewhere and kind of rejoin the team. So I think mm-hmm. now you're really starting to see him kind of flow more into the offense as the season goes along. Um, but, but yeah, I mean, again, I think the main reason why Falmouth was able to tie that game last year was just how strong that defense was. And they had J.P. Turner score a bunch of goals in that game, too. He's not there anymore. So mm-hmm. it's going to be kind of new heroes, I feel like, this year. Yeah, I, I- on Barnstable's side, you know, they're 6-3. and three. They'd won five in a row before losing to Archbishop Williams. That was a 2-1 game, I think. Absolutely no shame in that. Mm-hmm. Archbishop Williams, they tied Falmouth 3-3 on Saturday. So, you know, basically a difference of a goal. You know, we're seeing a lot out of Jack uh, Longiel. Did I pronounce it? Really good. Longie, that's what they call him in Barstool. Let's go with nicknames for sure, now. Sure, <laughs> Longie. All right. So four goals against D.Y. Hattrick. Uh, that's the first hat-trick of his career. Now he's tied with Sean Jones for the team lead with six goals. We're seeing some really good play out of Chris Cordero as well. I think those are the guys that are going to have to step up to counter what Falmouth can do with guys like Rosado, with Jack Cordero, with Champagne, obviously. Yeah, Cordero's going to be big, especially in the face-off game. You know, he won a, a couple big ones in and in a win against Burlington, a Super 8 team last year. So mm-hmm. certainly face-offs are going to be big, especially in your own zone, trying to clear the puck and stuff like that. Um, and really, honestly, I think this game's just going to come down to who's going to make the, the few number of mistakes. Mm-hmm. I mean, nobody plays a perfect game, especially in this one. There's going to be some nerves early on, but I really think it's whoever flinches first is going to end up losing this game. But... We'll see what happens. I mean, again, if I had to make a prediction on this one, I think Falmouth is the yeah, better team on paper. So. I think so, too. But, yeah, there's always but. a but, <laughs> I really think this is a year Barnstable in front of its home crowd gets a win in this game. I, again, I think they had a very good shot at doing it last year, and Falmouth was undefeated. Mm-hmm. I can honestly say that Barnstable, I think, more collectively – is a better squad this year, and, and though it has some holes in it, I think they can still get a goal late in the third period, again, win another close instant classic game, mm-hmm. and move on. And, you know, if I'm wrong, everyone can at me on Twitter, Steve <laughs> underscore Dardarian. Um, but, it, again, no matter who wins this game, it's going to be a fun atmosphere, and, uh, you know, we'll see what happens. Absolutely. Uh, anything else you want to talk about with hockey, or do you want to move uh, over to basketball? I think we can move on to basketball. We've right. talked enough hockey for a while. Very cool. <laughs> So we'll start with the uh, Barnstable uh, boy, uh, Falmouth boys game. Uh, as we said, that is Friday at 6.30 p.m. at Falmouth High School. Both teams are 4-4. Four four. Barnstable went 1-1 one one last week. They had a big old Colony League game, win, win against Dartmouth, and then they lost to New Bedford by 14 on Friday, which has kind of been the Red Raiders pattern all year. That explains why you know they have just the 500 record. The real question I have going into this game is how effective guys like Joey Almokas can be against Falmouth that has two very good centers in Kyle Cardoza and Cam Dunbarry. Both are Dunbarry is one of the tallest kids, you know, you'll see on Cape Cod this uh, this winter. And Cardoza is very tall and very big and strong. You know, he's got all that same strength as a defense left over from his fall season as a defensive end. You know, Yelmoka scored 21 against Dartmouth, but he was held to just 11 by New Bedford. And if he gets held in check by Falmouth, I don't know if guys like Alex Woolery, who has scored 28 points in his last two games, if they can win a shootout against a Falmouth team that has guys like Duke Melton, Timmy Lang, Anthony Carson can hit some outside shots. So 
I, I think Falmouth maybe I probably give the advantage to in this, especially because they're at home and they are very, very hard to beat at home. You know, DY just barely managed it uh, last last week or two weeks ago. Right. I think this game, uh, when you talk about the bigs, this is going to come down to who can stay out of foul trouble. Mm-hmm. And I think Barnstable stands more to lose if Yamokas gets in foul trouble because there's not oh, a lot absolutely. of guys who can step in and, and play that five. So I, I think Dar- or Falmouth, you're right, has the advantage in terms of defense and guys who can fill in and play those roles if mm-hmm. one of those guys was getting into foul trouble. And, you know, Barnesville has surprised a little bit. They, they hung with New Bedford for three quarters, and New yep. Bedford kind of pulled, pulled away at the end. Uh, they got a nice win over Dartmouth, only a one-win team, but, hey, you got to do what you got to right. do. Um, but, but, again, yeah, I think if Barnesville – it's not just Yamokas. Other guys at Barnesville have a deal with foul trouble, whether it's Woolery, Kyle Ruggieri, yeah. Cheryl France sometimes, you know. But those are all more outside shooters. Ruggieri is kind of a, a mid-range shooter, you mm-hmm. know, kind of a fusion three-guard small right. forward type. Uh, but, yeah, I, I do. Th- I agree with you. If Yelmokas gets in trouble, foul trouble, that's really going to hurt their offense, whereas Falmouth, you know, can just substitute in and out Cardoza and Dunbury interchangeably pretty much and not not give a whole lot up. Uh, Dunbury obviously has a lot of experience from his time at Bourne. Cardoza was starting center last year, so they both know how to play that position. They're both finally healthy. I I probably give the edge to Falmouth in that one. But turning over to the girls, so Carly Whiteside did not play for Barnstable last week. She has some minor injury. But I was ca- talking to Coach Jacola, uh, who said that there is a definite chance that Whiteside will be healthy for uh, this game on come Friday. I don't think she's going to play before then. If she starts, then I definitely give Barnstable the advantage on the girls' game, uh, which is at uh, 5.30 at home, uh, because straight-up Falmouth doesn't have anybody as tall as Whiteside. And they have very good players, but they can just feed Whiteside over and over again. And if she's okay, she could easily go off for 15 or 20 points against a smaller Falmouth squad that I think is more built for speed and guard play. Right. I mean, I think even 15, 20 is a conservative estimate for Whiteside. I mean, yeah. especially considering <laughs> that she's not just effective in the post. I mean, you think about rebounding, mm-hmm. but then you also, she's able to kind of curl around the outside and sometimes hit a three-pointer. Absolutely. So you can't just follow, you can't just, you know, put three people inside the paint and hope mm-hmm. to shut her down. You know, you have to, you have to follow, you have to try to double and, basically force somebody else to beat you. Absolutely. And that's not to take anything away from Falmouth. I mean, the the overtime loss to Nosset that I covered on Friday, that was easily the best game that I've personally seen this winter. Ta- Kayla Thomas has been, might be the best individual player in the Atlantic Coast League. I, I'm pretty comfortable saying I think Nosset is the best team, uh, although certainly Falmouth could give them a big run for their money, especially because the next game will be in Falmouth. Uh, but Kayla Thomas was unstoppable. She had 22 points against Nosset. She was coming off a 25-point performance uh, in the win over Sandwich on Tuesday. So two you know, back-to-back ACL games for the Clippers. Thomas can hit shots from the outside, but if you give her a lane, even for a moment, she will spot it and take it in and score. That's how Falmouth was able to force overtime in that game is basically her defender kind of took her eye off Thomas for just a split second, and Thomas was just gone in easy layup, uh, and then they had to go to overtime to finally win it on a layup by Franganella. Uh, that was a, looked a little bit like a broken play, and, and she was able to kind of score from the baseline, uh, which was a real good shot for them and a great win for them. Um, but I think if Kayla Thomas goes off, 
I definitely think they have a chance. Uh, but if Whiteside doesn't play, then I think it's pretty evenly matched. Falmouth is good at playing with speed. They were able to force a lot of turnovers against Nosset. And I've seen, like in the Brockton game, Barnstable doesn't always play as cleanly when they have to play at a high pace like that. So without them, game is probably going to come down to Nakia Blanche, who uh, has 28 points in the last two games. If Whiteside does play, I give them the edge. If not, I'd actually probably give it to Falmouth. Yeah, and another play I think that could make a difference for Barnes was Abby Alice, sure. her, make some shots from the mm-hmm. outside, play some pretty good defense. Usually too, good so. for about 10 to 12 points yeah. a game, something like that, uh, which you absolutely need. Uh, Falmouth, their backup, I really like how Skylar Gonzalez has played in the last few games. She scored 21 points in two games last week. She's a good second option. I've seen good games out of Anya Thomas, and they've got a couple of other really key players. Uh, but I think Whiteside is just – She's such a singular presence if she's healthy and she plays uh, and she gets good minutes. That that's basically the key. If she plays, I pick them. If she doesn't, I probably would pick Falmouth. Right. Some other key games this week on the boys' side. We have Dy at Nosset. That's Tuesday at six thirty p.m. Dy's hopes for an Atlanta Coast League title took a big hit when the team lost to Sandwich on Friday. I would also definitely put Marshfield now in the mix for the ACL title. So I really don't know who I think is going to win that one. Marshfield is the only ACL team without a loss, so everyone still really has a chance. Nosset can't drop three in a row, though, and expect to uh, compete. They did not look good against Marshfield. Marshfield just outplayed them pretty much until the fourth quarter when the game was over, and then you know Bobby Joy came alive and scored a lot of his points, but otherwise he was held in check, and the whole team really just they looked out-muscled. They, they looked out they looked like they just got exhausted trying to play against Marshfield's full court man-to-man defense. Uh, you know, and if they drop this one to DY, then I think they're in trouble. DY, that was a bit of a letdown for them to lose to Sandwich. I, I did not think Sandwich was as good as DY, and DY just sort of maybe dropped the ball on that one a little bit, especially since they had beaten Falmouth, who was the better team. Uh, so they're looking to bounce back from that. Um, yeah, I'll, mention the, I'll mention the other game, too, is Monomoy at Nantucket absolutely. Boys, 5 p.m. Tuesday. You know, Monomoy handed Cape Cod Academy its first loss of the season last week. Mm-hmm. Really, really well contested game. But if the Sharks can win at Nantucket on Tuesday, Nantucket is a team that's beaten uh, Nasset this year. Yep. I think the Sharks can put themselves in position to win this, just, just run this thing, win the league title running away. Absolutely. It's not going to be easy. You know, there's still a lot of rematches to be played throughout Including January and February, yeah. right? But um, Monomoy, I think, you know, the record's a little misleading. They played a lot of larger schools in the yeah. beginning of the year. They played Barnstable to start right. their season. I mean. Right. They, they play NASA. They, they don't shy away from anybody. So mm-hmm. I think now that they're starting to hit the league portion of their schedule, things are going to start to come a little bit more naturally for the Sharks. Definitely. The girls are also facing off Tuesday. The Nantucket girls are at Monomoy at 3.30 p.m. Uh, Monomoy girls, they went just 9-13 last year, but this season they're 6-2. and two. They're on a three-game winning streak, and it's four if you take away the Nauset game that will be excluded from their final record. What's interesting, I think, with Monomoy, though, is they don't have one player who's really taking over games. They played three times last week, and Mackenzie Belfour had one 11-point game, and that was the only double-digit performance in any of those games, that's great balance. But then you're going up against an Nantucket team that has individual standouts like Malika Phillip, who has got 34 points in her last two games, and Marina Caspi, who has 28. And those are both players who can take over games, 
Caspi is really tough to get around defensively in the paint, and uh, Phillip just re- re- creates havoc along the perimeter. So I don't know if Monomoy's offensive strategy is going to work. We saw a similar thing when Sandwich played Nossett last week, and Nossett won that game easily. Uh, or Nossett, or was it found Whatever team Sandwich played, it was the same situation, and Sandwich lost uh, pretty bad. So... Uh, and then the other big game next week or this week, I think, is Mashby at Norwell Friday at 6:30 on the girls' side. Falcons are in the playoff; they're looking for a better seed. They lost to Abington, which is a South Shore League opponent. They do not want to lose another one. Right, that was a big night for Mashby though last weekend. You know, winning um, at the Tribal Center to clinch their first playoff spot since 2012. Yep. And then the boys followed it up. Kendall Rose hitting a buzzer beater three pointer. To win in their game, so huge win for them. Nice wins against Randolph for both, and but yeah, Mashby. You talk about a really small school that's able to put together this much success. Really, uh, it's not necessarily out of nowhere, but mm-hmm. certainly that's taken some time to develop, and you're kind of seeing the fruits of that, you know, kind of bloom this year. So we'll see how far Mashby can take this, but it's certainly not a given. Knowing how competitive Division Four has been the last couple of years, definitely. <laughs> Definitely some off-cape schools that are certainly going to be willing to say otherwise uh, when it comes to playoff time. Mm-hmm. We'll, uh, we'll hit some wrestling real quickly. It's a big week for Sandwich. That can clinch an Atlantic Coast League title with a win over Marshfield, 7 p.m. Wednesday. And then the Blue Knights host the Cape Cod Classic, which is always one of the better, definitely the biggest event on the Cape each oh, yeah. year. Um, that begins at 10 a.m. Saturday. And it's really a good showcase for the Capes, given the the limited teams that you have. It's just Sandwich, Barnstable, and Nos- Sandwich, Barnstable, and Nosset. Mm-hmm. Sandwich kind of combined with Upper Capes. So you yep. can say it's technically four schools involved, but three programs um, primarily. And this tournament brought 17 teams last year, including a couple from Rhode Island. Tri-County won it in New Bedford. They were 1-2 last year behind Barnstable, which placed third. Mm-hmm. Um, I'll mention one wrestler from each side. Really be keen on Sandwich's Paul Cody. He won the 145-pound title last year at this tournament. Mm-hmm. Um, he wrestles at 152 currently, so it'll be interesting to see how he steps up, if he can still have that success. Um, certainly, I'll be looking for Joe Molina from Barnstable at 160. Absolutely. He just went 4-0 at the Whitman Hanson tournament, and I think this is a really good chance to kind of show everyone locally uh, how much showcase his talent, you mm-hmm. know. Which is certainly, uh, he's certainly doing a great job. You know, the Texas transfer, you know, coming here for her senior year. It's a good nickname, the Texas, Texas transfer. Texas transfer. Texas Tough, I think I just want to name that story I wrote. And then uh, for Nasset, I really be looking at Christian Beer. Mm-hmm. He's at 195. That title was won by Eli Wilson of Nasset sure. last year, so kind of filling in for that role. I don't think Beer is as dominant as Wilson, who is a two time New England competitor, but. Yeah. Certainly, he's he's a leader for that Nosset squad. That's I think still a couple years away from really establishing a solid team. Absolutely, and we'll conclude it with swimming. I think the Bay Colony Conference is straight up going to be decided Thursday at Willie's Gym. That's in East Ham. You have Nantucket versus Nosset. Nantucket is five and zero for the boys and the girls. Nosset four and zero. Two teams will match up. We'll see who's better for the Nantucket boys. Tyler Rothke has just been unstoppable, and then you have. Other guys like James Taff and Grant Beebe, who are both back from last year's team that did so well at state. You've got Aiden Roberts, who is qualified for the state meet for the first time. He did that earlier this season. Um, and then, so now you've got an Nantucket squad that's got some depth and a ton of talent. Nosset is going to need really big nights from guys like Tim Johnson, like John Shucks, like Tanner Cornell and Dory Carlson, who were both part of last year's Nosset squad that set numerous uh, school records. 
I just don't know that I think they have enough to beat Nantucket, which has been able to beat Nauset, not easily, but you know, to beat uh, Nantucket, Nauset is going to have to not only win several events, they're going to have to take a lot of seconds and thirds, and I don't know if they can really pull that off. Uh, and then on the girls' side, I think it's more the same. I, you know, Nantucket girls, I really like Emma Davis, Jackie Jordan, Sophie Girardi, all veteran swimmers for them. NASA counters with Gabby Dadoli, who's been doing this for a few years. They've got Molly Rudman, Caitlin Bohannon, Hannah Brunel. These uh, NASA girls are also pretty experienced, and they definitely have the best diver in the conference in Delaney Smith. She proved that at the Cape Cod Classic uh, last weekend. But I just can't pick against Nantucket in either the boys or the girls' side. Yeah, I mean, certainly if Nas is going to have any chance of pulling that off, you mentioned the second and third, which are obviously important. I think they'd have to steal a few relays too. Yeah. But when we've seen Nantucket, they don't back off. They don't just put second-tier swimmers. They put everyone in oh, there yeah. for those relays. Certainly what won't be the difference. So I don't know. you got to hope if for Nas to have any hope, I think they're going to need to win the very least one, probably two or three, to really have a shot at winning. And that goes for both the boys and the girls. So oh, I think you're going to need to win four or five events to have a chance. No, 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 the relays, I'm oh, saying. Oh, the though. relays. Uh, right. I think those kind of make a difference in terms yeah. of swinging a meet, um, especially can, a close uh, one. One won't be enough. Two might be if you do okay in the individuals, I think. I think mm -hmm. if they can only take one of the relays, they're not going to be able to score right. enough points. So, Right. So I think that'll just about do it for Absolutely. this week. Uh, if you missed any of the live show including our conversation with Barnesville Boys Hockey Coach Tim Grace. You can check it out at capecottimes.com slash now. You can also uh, visit our Facebook page. that will be up there a little bit later today. Um, and if you need updates on uh, any games happening this week, you can check out our website. Or you can follow us on Twitter at SportsCCT. You can also follow me on Twitter at Steve underscore Derderian, D-E-R-D-E-R-I-A-N. And I'm at at Matt Goisman CCT. That's M-A-T-T-G-O-I-S-M-A-N-C-C-T. All right. Matt, enjoy the games this week. Should Absolutely. be fun. See you next week. Just going to run this dog to see if we can find any type of uh, human remains that are left. Listen to Where Secrets Go to Die, The Disappearance of Derek Hennigan. From the Detroit Free Press, a new podcast set in the woods of Michigan's Upper Peninsula. Available on Apple, Spotify, Freep.com, or wherever you get your podcasts.